Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. With over 20 years in healthcare, Dr. Gray is a doctor of oriental medicine and holistic physician fusing Eastern and Western healing. Dr. Gray is on staff at Jupiter Medical Center and in private practice with an office in Jupiter, Florida, where he resides. Dr. Gray enjoys being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Baden-Baden, Germany, and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and Biarritz, France. He is co author of several books on food therapy and the founder of the annual Star Summit Talks at the Norton Museum of Art in Palm Beach, Florida. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio Quality Living uh, with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you. And um, <clears throat> remember that this is a podcast as well. So if you have to step away and you miss any portion of it, you just check any of your platforms and uh, we're there, Maximum Health radio um and we have tisa oldham with us today and it's a celebration we are honoring her we are honoring her for so many things but mainly today (laughs) um she is the first female expedition leader for national geographic well (laughs) thank you (laughs) so i've known her for uh, some years i've known when this was a dream of hers to to become this person that would travel the world and help to show and educate people and bridge cultures and I I really see it as a form of healing and uh, you as a healer and you've um, you know I've known about your work through church and we've met through Bible studies and I mean just everything about you is just full of light and love and um, greatness and now that you get to share yourself and this presence with the world it's been um, it's really something I wanted to celebrate and I thought one of the ways I could do it was to have you on the show thank you yes so thank you that you can tell your story and share some of your experiences because now you have a few trips under your belt Yes. Um, quite a few, which has led to this promotion, right? This this wonderful thing. Right. So let's go back <clears throat> to the dream before it became reality. <laughs> okay. What drew you to the dream and how did that happen? So I, I personally took a trip with National Geographic. And, and first, let me say that they have a plethora of opportunities available for travel. The only one that I work in is the uh, private jet trips. And what had happened was I took a trip myself as a guest back in 2018, and it was life-changing. And I, I was on the third night of the trip and lying in bed at 2 in the morning and thinking, oh, my goodness, there's nothing like this, mm. nothing like this. And, and I was so um, overcome by the experience and I was only the third day into a 24 day trip and I said to myself don't even think about it immerse yourself in the trip and when you get home you can think about what this means and I got home and the very next day I called them and said I need to come work for you because Mm. it there was nothing like traveling the world and experiencing 13 countries in 24 days, uh, which you can't do unless you're going to fly there. Right. Um, and and to do it the way National Geographic does it, which is to immerse you mm-hmm. into an experience that um, educates, that exposes, that enlightens, that illuminates, 
um, that bridges the gap in your understanding of other people and cultures and worlds and resources and natures. Um, it, so I had to I had to become a part of it, and then it yeah. took me 13 months to convince them, yeah. <laughs> but they yeah. finally did. So. And this was through obviously shut down with COVID. This was through a lot of different yeah, upheavals I mean, that threw wrenches and and dismay and disappointments. That's right. Yeah, I was I I finally did get hired by them and went on a trip and we were halfway through the first trip and COVID hit. Yeah. And it, it was uh, not without stress to mm-hmm. have eighty people uh, in India and trying to get home under the uh, border closing and all that, but we did. And and then we were grounded for two years, thanks yeah. to COVID. So, so I got the dream and then I lost the dream in yeah. a month. Um, but now we're back flying and, and experiencing and, and every trip has been sold out and it's been tremendous. And yeah. we, we hit seven continents, so it's a, it's a tremendous opportunity. You know, I look back as a kid Right, receiving National Geographic booklets. There were there were more than magazines. Mm-hmm. You, know, you think of a magazine, you think of a thin, you know, cover and certain type of thing. These were books, many books of beautiful pictures, lots of information, and so from day one, National Geographic took it upon themselves to bring the world closer. That's right. Um, on the idea that if we understood each other better, we'd probably harm each other less. I felt, you know, it enlightened me, it enriched me, and and I was a child growing up in a, you know, in Flushing Queens, 70s, early 80s, and my world was small compared to that world. That's right. National Geographic does a beautiful job between all of its medias to bring us together mm-hmm. you know and we talk about the world being flatter and and how amazing it is thanks to the internet and to video and to audio and to all these uh, mechanisms for us to learn about other cultures and other people and and um, but this takes it to another level if yeah. someone is in uh, fortunate enough to be able to take advantage of one of the travel opportunities with them, they've taken it a step further to say, we're not just going to show you in print or video, we're going to take you there to some of the most uh, exotic, far-reaching places of the world. And and not just take you, but we're gonna have um, scientists and researchers and biologists and um, archaeologists that mm-hmm. go with us on these trips right. and then in each country there's the local people that are doing amazing things that that are there to educate you yeah. and so you go on these trips not just for the luxurious travel of it and the experience of staying in the finest places all over the world but you go because every step of the way you are you're being enlightened the immersive nature of it is what intrigues me. However, it takes a particular kind of person to want to be immersed. And we're not just talking about having the financial wherewithal. We're talking about having the mental, spiritual, emotional wherewithal, right? To, That's right. to, to move outside of your comfort zone and 
to um, accept how small you are and be bigger than that and then go and, mm-hmm. you know, be, right? Yeah. Um, there's no way, number one, that uh, I think from what you're describing that one person could could ever afford that, really. So there's sponsors, there's all sorts of things that are involved with National Geographic helping to provide this to these individuals. However, it's still not cheap. <laughs> yeah, yeah <laughs> right? that's right. So describe to me the person, the people that you have had the pleasure of being uh, you know, a guide to. So we, we take um, between 45 and 80 people on the jet yeah. uh, based on where we're going. Okay. So if we're doing a trip that centers on just Africa, um, because of the nature of where we're going and the difficulty of getting to some of these places, the group tends to be smaller because we're often getting off of the big 757 and getting onto smaller prop planes that right. take us into these locations. Same with Australia and New Zealand, where I'm getting ready to go to uh, in a week. We will be taking 45 people on this 25-day trip. But we take 80 people to 13 countries across six continents around the world. We Mm. literally go around the world. And so it tends to be people that um, not only have the financial means to do it, but also people that have the time. Right. Not everyone time can issue, yeah. can step away from their lives, their obligations, their families, their responsibilities. Right. So it tends to be people that are a little bit older right. uh, that have that opportunity in their lives. But it's every kind of person imaginable from all over the world. So primarily our guests are are from the United States, but, but we also have a really nice mix of guests that come mm-hmm. from other countries to participate in these yeah. trips and and we enjoy not only meeting the people that we meet in these countries because we have between 15 and 30 people in every country that are there to do nothing mm-hmm. but see to it that our experience is incredible right and they're local people and they know the ins and outs and and everything that we need to see in the short amount of time that we're there. Mm-hmm. So then we also have um, people that bring their their families, uh, their children. Uh, we have quite a few people that are in their seventies mm-hmm. and late seventies that this is the trip of a lifetime mm-hmm. that they've looked forward to having. And then we have what's called lifetime explorers that are people that do multiple trips because they have a passion. Right. And and they're eager to uh, experience that passion. For example, if they have an interest in wildlife, you know, they may want to see all the wildlife of the world. So they'll go on multiple trips for that purpose. Hmm. And we're constantly modifying our itineraries based on the feedback that we get from guests who say, you know, it'd be really nice if... And so we put together, for example, we did our our first ever trip with the Wall Street Journal because we recognized there was some synergy between the readers of the Wall Street Journal and National Geographic. Makes sense. And so we had a plane full of 80 Wall Street Journal subscribers, and the entire nature of the trip was different. It was about finance and innovation, um, and it was very different than what we normally do, but we recognize the synergy, so we did it, and it was a huge success. So, you know, there's there's always the the elephant in the room, 
that I like to look at or address and bring that up before moving forward with all the great, wonderful things that we need to discuss. Um, you know, when so a patient comes to me and they say, you know, I, I, I've heard great things about you. Um, the next thing that comes, however, I'm very nervous. I'm very fearful. I, um, you know, I, I don't like needles. So I say, okay, let's get over that fear. And I, you know, take a swab and I do a little acupuncture needle and they go, oh, that's it? So for me, thinking about travel, especially in these times, there is, you know, wonder of, okay, what about health, wellness, and the, the COVID, and this and that. and So I want to talk about that a little bit. So for those people that are a little bit more fearful, you know, um, which I can respect. I'm not one of those people. We've been traveling through everything, and we just love, you know, we've taken our kids, and we've been cautious. Per, we've taken precautions. and But how does that look when you have these groups and small planes, and how have you dealt with that change of landscape when it comes to travel? Um, and, and for people out there that might be wondering, well, you know, how, how, how do they deal with this? How, how do we overcome this fear mm -hmm. before getting into all the beauty, right? Right. So first of all, we have a physician that mm -hmm. travels with us yeah, that's wonderful. the entire trip. Yeah. And, um, and this person has everything they need at their disposal to mm -hmm. handle any circumstance that, that we come across. We also know in every country uh, what we would do in the event of a medical emergency yeah. and and those resources in every country I mean we we know it before we ever even get there right. what is the path where would we go how would we facilitate because yeah, there's a number of things that can happen right that's so, right yeah. and and people come to these trips with medical history mm -hmm. and and then there's the emotional the fear the worry about COVID COVID was difficult I I, I won't uh, mm -hmm deny that yeah but as we went into each country we knew exactly what the protocols were we knew how we were going to facilitate it and our jets we have two are our jets so they are cleaned by us and right. and maintained by us and they have an incredible system that is on the level of hospitals yeah so they have a filtration system and a process and then in every country they're Cleaned again and fumigated again. Extra level TLC for <laughs> that's right, and and so yes, we've had uh, people contract COVID while right. we were in a country, and we purposely staffed up so that if the guests needed to stay um, behind and be taken care of, we stayed with them. Right. So we never left them in a country on their own to facilitate or, right. or figure out how they were going to care And that was more for. for the rules of the country at the time, which I think have lessened at this point. In fact, yeah. they're essentially gone. Okay. Yeah. And, and that's fascinating because I was on the first trip that happened after uh, National Geographic decided to start traveling again. I was on the last one when COVID hit. I was yeah. on the first one when it started again. And, and that was difficult to yeah. hit 12 countries and have every country have a different protocol. And a lot of guests that were nervous and we were masking and doing all the things that you do. Well, now, we, that was in September, and now here we are in April and, and none of that exists anywhere. Right. Also understand, a lot of the places that we go are outdoors. Right. And so, sure, we, we do some things that are indoors, but they're usually private. We're not in crowds of 
thousands of people. They're very intimate settings. Yeah. So as long as we maintain a, a safe environment with our 80, 45 to 80 guests, we can tend to manage it fairly well. Right. And so we've been very, very fortunate that, uh, that we've had very few guests have significant medical emergencies thanks to COVID. Okay. Yeah. Um, can't ask for more than that. Now, let's talk about some of the spectacular views and accommodations and experiences and food. I'm a big Oh yes, you are. <laughs> so, but we'll, let's we'll partition this out a little bit. It's <laughs> a lot. Um, first, you know, I know that uh, one of your recent trips, you were, we were talking about um, staying at what is considered to be the most beautiful hotel resort in the world. Tell us what that is. So, I just returned from a trip to Marrakesh, mm -hmm. and it's called the La Mamunya. Mm -hmm. And it was rated the number one resort in the world. Mm -hmm. And if you go there, you can understand why. It's not just because it was a former palace, but but also because the level of service and the excellence and the decor and the um, essence of the place, you just can't, I can't even put words around it. Yeah. It's, it's that magnificent. And, and the food is... A huge part of that as well yeah. with world-renowned chefs there and, and I think you told me you had tagine cuisines. every day or something yeah, <laughs> yeah. well tell, explain to our listeners what tagine is well you know it, it one of the things I like about about travel is getting to experience the food of the place that you're in yeah now if you don't enjoy food like you and I do yeah that can be challenging but if you do and you're open to it and you just go somewhere like a Marrakesh where you say, what is it that everyone eats here? And, and you allow them to give you that experience. Yeah. Whew, it's yeah. just amazing. It's I'm not going to yeah. tell you I've loved everything, right. but I certainly did in Marrakesh. So these, these wonderful savory dishes of uh, vegetables and couscous that are blended together with these incredible meats and chicken mm. and whatever it, the spices mm. and the freshness of it, it it's just tremendous healing to the soul it is it is and aromatic <laughs> you know it's it's a full sensory yeah. experience yeah yeah so and it's done in a clay pot that it looks is. like it over like an a open tower fire or something right. so that all the the heat kind of blends everything it moves in within this clay yeah pot in a way that just makes cooks evenly and thoroughly and beautifully that's right yeah. um, and they use things like um, I forget what kind of cardamom pod and all of these like you said very aromatic it herbs is and it's and so healing simple herbs. they're healing yeah. the simplicity of it yeah. is amazing yeah. that they just throw all these ingredients in this yeah. pot and set it on a flame and walk away and you come yeah. back and it's like, oh my yeah. goodness. It seems like they throw it, but I know there's a pattern. There's yeah. a pattern and there's a technique and there's a sequence, and but they've been doing it for so long. And, yeah. it's ha and they do what we in the West do not do enough of, which is hand down these beautiful dishes from generation to generation. That's right. So there's a portion of my children which cook and, and know the dishes that have come down from our heritage, which is more West Indian. And I love that. I love that they ask for it, but I love more importantly that they've learned it 
And I think that we need to think more about that and do those things, even if it's one dish that your great grandmother used to do, right? Yeah, that's right. Because um, that's where the love comes from. So, so that was La Mamunya and Marrakesh. Now, what about Africa? Uh, How was something like that, which I'm uh, being in the middle, w- did you have where, the, where they set up the tents and all this? Or we how, do. How, okay. and, and because, again, this is the high-end luxury right. level of travel for National Geographic, everywhere we go yeah. is considered the finest in the world. Yeah. So, yes, you're staying in the bush and yeah. tents. But they're not tents. But they're, <laughs> yeah. I mean, my wife might refer to as glam, glamping. They're, they're way above Gla- that. Glamour, yeah. camping, but it's even better. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. And and you, you're just riding along in a Jeep, and all of a sudden this incredible oasis of a place is there huh. with um, – luxury in the middle of nowhere and it's it's magnificent but also you're you're lying in a tent that is very safe and and it's got the flaps on it so you open them up you're you're protected but your elephants are walking by you and Mm -hmm. wild cats and and zebras and everything is just right there and and of course the Maasai are there to protect you and take care of you and mm-hmm. escort you around the facility and they're the local warrior yes. tribe people they Maasai, are yeah. right and what part of Africa was this are you talking oh, I've been all over Africa okay. but this yeah. one where the Maasai is is a particular kind of place um well it's the north uh east corner okay. Okay. yeah and and there's some in the southeast corner as okay. well but hmm. but definitely an amazing experience and i for me africa is probably my favorite place in the world mm-hmm. because of its vast open amazing um being out in the stars and seeing right. the animals in their habitat and the people of africa are there's just there's they're just amazing yeah you've been to asia yes singapore yes thailand right all of that Right. And of all of that, what, what really dazzled you? What, what, what would you go back to? Oh. Willingly, obviously, not for your job. <laughs> Many, uh, honestly. Yeah. I think if you have an open mind, mm-hmm. you can find something anywhere, everywhere mm-hmm. you go. Mm-hmm. And it bridges the gap to compassion. It helps us to be yeah. better humans because we, we appreciate other people who yeah. live differently than we do as a result of being there. There's a saying, I, I've read it somewhere, you want to become a better person, travel. That's right. Right? It's Because it's healing to, again, immerse yourself, appreciate other cultures, try the food, local food. I think that's something that is underrated. And again, I also feel sorry for people that can't appreciate or have not learned to appreciate the food. That's right. Um, yeah. Because that is the key. That's the code to a lot of cultures. Um, is there food? It's, it's, it's this code. It's this information. It's carried from generation to generation can be. It's also an expression uh, of love. Yeah, yeah. To the way that they prepare yes. a dish for you. I, Absolutely. I, I mean, I've, I've sat in people's homes all over the world and had mm. tea. Yeah. And the love and care and, and way that they present a cup of tea. Mm-hmm can be an experience that words can't even describe. I love it that, that, that National Geographic comes with such respect that it's not just the, the you know, these, these resorts or publicly accessible places, but there's privately, mm-hmm. there's private accessible, uh, accessibility, I should say, with homes. That's right. And people. 
That's right. That's beautiful. It is. There's not too many institutions or anywhere that can say that they have that. That's right. That you access. can be looking in the face of a gorilla, mm -hmm. or you can be sitting in a hut mm -hmm. with someone in the middle of Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of what you want to do. And that's a testimony to you who have dreamt this, and now it's your reality. That's right. I'm I, a lucky I, lady. I, I hope that you know we all at some point go through life and get to experience at least some level of that, because that is... You know, everybody is spending so, not everybody, a lot of people, too many people are spending their time focusing on the negative of this earth, of this planet, of humanity, when there's so much, so much beauty and so much positivity out there. That's if you, right. If you just shift your focus. That's right. Yeah. Open your mind. Yeah. Well, thank you. And again, thank we you. celebrate you. We honor you. And we are grateful for you that you are out there bridging gaps and worlds and and um, enriching people, and while enriching yourself. That's right. That's <laughs> right. That's I beautiful. love what I'm doing, yeah. and thank you for having me. Yes. This has been Tisa Oldham, um, first female, uh, not m more than tour guide. You are, what's your official title? Expedition leader. Expedition leader <laughs> <laughs> of National Geographic, making history and being part of history. This has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. Uh, yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray. If you've missed any portion of this amazing and wonderful show, uh, it is available via all podcast formats. And this is in part brought to you by Vel Health. VelHealth.com. Download your uh, wellness within reach today. The first holistic health app is ready for you to enjoy. See you next time.